things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Welcome to hour number three of Rosie on the House, our open home hour, open to you, the Arizona homeowner. Anything you want to talk about your home, castle, or cabin, phone, text, email, all of those are acceptable methods to contact the studio and uh, bring us whatever it is you have questions on. We're not saying we have the answers for you, but we'll put you in touch with the people and the uh, manufacturing and the service contractors and the representatives that... We'll have the right answers, and we'll help give you, you know, a little bit of the best advice that uh, we can help you direct whatever it is you're trying to do to maintain or improve your home, castle, or cabin. And, you know, one of the things that I wanted to quickly highlight is a major transaction sale that happened in Tucson. We've You hear about all these real estate transactions that are happening all over the state. Well, Tucson just broke one. Uh, it's the Highlands. Uh, 862 multifamily unit property that just sold for $178 million, making it the largest multifamily transaction in Tucson. We are just setting all kinds of real estate records. Well, we are. We are. Things are... Things are definitely still clipping along, although there are indications of the pace is slowing down just a little bit. Hey, I, I reached out to uh, uh, Jill over at APS the other day because Jennifer and I, we're, we're big super coolers at our house. And um, we were so excited when we saw APS was going to change the time of use hours. Well, my dad doesn't ever let me break that 8 o'clock time, so you don't turn the <laughs> oven on or anything. So we've been eating really late or doing the barbecue or the gas stovetop. I reached out to APS and I said, man, who could we have come on and talk to us about what the status is of this change? So they have given us, again, Carrie Carnes, the manager of customer technology. She was on a few weeks ago. Uh, Miss Carrie, thanks again for joining us this Saturday morning. What's the progress? Yeah, good morning. Thanks so much for having me. So the good news is, and I'm happy to be back today to provide an update, but the transition is progressing. It's going well. Uh, we, we began the transition, excuse me, back in May, uh, transitioning our residential customers that are on either a time of use or a time of use with demand rate. Uh, we prioritized our limited income customers to make sure that those folks uh, transitioned over first and soonest. And I'm happy to report that 99 and a half, so more than 99% of those limited income customers have already been transitioned. And then the remaining uh, time of use and time of use with the man rate customers, about 85% of those have also been transitioned. So it's going really well, and we are on track to meet that September 1st commitment of, of complete, completing the transition. What this means for you, the Arizona homeowners, is as an APS customer, you have had the option to be on a time of use rate plan that says, look, if you'll just stagger and delay your power consumption to off-peak hours, we'll give you that electricity at a greatly reduced rate. So when APS started that, um, I immediately was challenged on how to outsmart them. <laughs> and, and we developed this concept called supercooling. And now APS actually promotes it, calls it pre-cooling. They give you the information about it in their, in their monthly statements. And the rate has been from 3 o'clock 
until 8 o'clock. If you can reduce your power consumption to as close to zero as possible, you will pay. You will see huge reductions in your power bill every month. So now they've taken that time slot from 3 to 8 and given you two more hours of consumption. Now it's going to be from 4 to 7. Carrie... I think that's awful generous of y'all. That was, that's a huge move. <laughs> well, I, I think it's a great uh, it's a great opportunity for customers to save on their energy usage. I think you said it really well, right? Those on-peak hours are when prices are higher because that's when demand is higher across our system. I think a, a really way to kind of equate that in my mind is rush hour traffic, right? When everyone's trying to get on the freeway at the same time, it gets a little it, it gets a little more congested, right? Similar concept. Um, and so with this change, what customers are going to be getting is greater off-peak hours or greater re- greater hours of the day when energy prices are reduced. So if you are one of those customers who have already transitioned to a 4 to 7, or you will be very soon, what that means for you is that you have 21 hours each day with reduced pricing, weekend hours, and holidays. Those are all off-peak hours. And those all present an opportunity for customers to save on their energy usage at the end of the day. Folks, now this is huge. If you are one of the legion of supercoolers or precoolers, um, this, this now means you can reset your thermostat. And I would tell you, make sure you've been converted before you make the transition, uh, for sure. Or you'll, you may get a little surprise one month uh, on your next month's bill. But once you're given notice, now, we were told to watch the email. We would be given an email notice, and that's exactly how we were notified. We are, I'm kind of in my APS client portal, kind of on a pretty consistent basis, and I thought I'd be able to see there uh, when we got flipped. But uh, Jennifer hands me the note off the printer Friday morning, uh, Sunday morning before we went to church. I was afraid we'd miss it. <laughs> but but it really was great big letters. You could you couldn't miss it if you, when you check your email. It was there, big and bold. I printed it out and set it on your at your little reading pile there. So once you've received notice that you have been changed to the new time of use hour plan, now's the time you've got to sit down and uh, rethink your day, rethink your power consumption habits, and reset all of your programmable devices. Is particular your thermostats. <laughs> Carrie, I think it's awesome. Uh, now we can actually start the oven at 7 instead of 8 o'clock. We, we had developed a lot of ways to uh, bake uh, and roast without the oven the last several years, but it's going to be great to have the oven back at 7 o'clock. Yeah, we use the grill a lot uh, yeah. you know, for us at our house during the summertime, right? Because it, it, it helps keep the house cool in general. But, yeah, definitely want to encourage customers to look at programmable thermostats, smart thermostats. Uh, when I uh, visited with you last time, Rosie, I, I made mention of the APS Marketplace. That is a really great place for APS customers to go and take advantage of lower no-cost thermostat offers to make that even easier. Many of those thermostats are learning and start to learn about how customers use that thermostat and so it makes that pre-cooling even easier and i would i would reach out to those aps customers who may have some perceived reluctance 
to try time of use because you are afraid it's going to shock you. Uh, with it going down to three hours a day on peak, I can't think of a single reason anyone should be on standard rate. And uh, the last statistics I saw is that, that that was still y'all's most common rate and people just hadn't educated themselves or been bold enough to try this time of use. Time of use power consumption, folks, is the wave of the future. It's, 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 it's the way things are going to be done from now on. It is the best strategy for having to not build another power plant. So it works for everybody. It works for utility company. It works for planet Earth. And it works for you, the consumer. There is no reason for you not to try it. If we try it, Carrie, and we don't like it, what happens? So customers will, once you've made your transition, uh, after three months of usage history, the customers will have access to the rate comparison tool again. And you'll be able to look at all of the rate offerings that APS has and, and use that tool to help inform what is the right choice for, for each customer. Because every situation is absolutely unique and we want our customers to make the, the right choice for, them, for their lives. But I think you said it really well, Rosie, that, you know, the time of, time of use plans do offer our customers the greatest potential for savings. And in fact, you know, in addition to the savings that our customers can realize on a time of use rate, we also um, have, uh, you know, customers reporting their greatest level of satisfaction because of that additional control on time of use. And so, you know, I think another point that you made in our conversation this morning is shifting energy use outside of that on-peak period. That's even easier with a shorter on-peak period of four to seven going forward. Now, you know, Carrie, I got beat up pretty bad when I started this by people that were just accusing me of being a power hog. And I, I corrected them. I said, okay, I may use a little more electricity than my neighbor getting done what I get done. But I'm giving the utility company the biggest break I can give them. And they've got to build. They've got to manufacture power. They've got to perform at their most peak level. And if we could just take that peak down as a society, 10%, we wouldn't have to build another generating plant for another generation. Yeah, I think it's really important to remind our customers, because historically, it was all about reducing your usage, right? I think as we're moving towards this clean energy future, and we have an abundance of clean energy resources online in the middle of the day, it makes sense to shift your usage and do your laundry or run your pool pump or pre-cool, super cool your home, running your air conditioner a little bit more in the middle of the day, because there's an abundance and we're fully maximizing those clean energy resources. So it's not always, I think, about just reducing our energy usage as maybe we have traditionally thought about it, but thinking about it in a new way as we're thinking about a clean energy future for Arizona and how do we fully leverage those solar resources that are coming online or the wind resources that are coming online. It's all about thinking about shifting your energy usage outside of that on-peak period, that four to seven window. That's really when you want to think about how can you shift your energy usage around to help the system the most. You stay tuned to Rosie on the House, and we'll keep educating you, the Arizona homeowner, on how to get that done most comfortably, most efficiently, most cost-effectively. Carrie Carnes, the manager of customer technology for APS, thanks a million for coming in and helping educate everybody as to the status y'all are in in making this transition. Thanks a million. 
And welcome back to Rosie on the House. I hope that last segment helped those of you that uh, air condition your homes in the summer because it certainly is important. It is going to be huge. Uh, I get a lot of pushback on supercooling. Well, my wife can't take the house that cold. Well, with the reduced on-peak period, you won't have to turn it down quite so cold. If your house isn't very well insulated, it's going to work a lot better for you. It's going to hold the temperature for three hours much better than it was holding it for five hours. So this is all great for Arizona. So do we get to turn the the air conditioner up a little bit at our house too? Nah, well, maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. It's cold in there. Oh, it's perfect. Uh, now, on, now, on the topic of saving, you know, the other thing we saved at our house is we took advantage of a, of a rebate from the city of Scottsdale to eliminate a turf lawn, what they call warm water lawns. Uh, they were actually giving you a rebate for up to a dollar a square foot. And so I looked at our lawn, and it's a big lawn, and we've tended to it for how long, 35 years. Uh, And the kids learn to play football on it and soccer and bocce ball and everything else. But without all the kids, now we're empty nesters. I thought, you know, we could live with half the lawn. So I went for it. So I'm all about that saving water campaign now. Well, they're really encouraging people not to have a whole lawn of grass, but to use it in strategic places. So this kind of fits that model. Um, But you have just about worn yourself out. That's a big job getting that between spraying it and cutting it and tilling it and um, we'll, spraying it again. We're going to we'll, we'll we'll update you we'll when we're done. A, we'll have a full report. Because it has cost us a, a lot of time and energy, but it's going to be worth it when you look, look at, at the blood. Look at the blood. Rosie's <laughs> really a mess. Look at you got a cat fight. Yeah. Oh, man, it was a big folks, cat. Folks, he's got scratches all over that right arm. <laughs> he ran that tiller into the freshly cut oleanders. Sure wasn't a mountain lion you attacked? It was, man. Man, I, man, Jennifer's got pictures of me buying that thing, just blood pouring out of it. Anyway, saving water. Yeah, so anyway, save, I, feel, I feel really good about it. I'm, I'm really um, excited about it. But I wanted to encourage everybody to go to uh, Water Use It Wisely on the website, uh, which stands for Arizona Municipal Water Users Association. And you can also sign up on your texting. Just put in there 33222, and you get a monthly update on what you should be doing as far as watering in your in your lawn. But they're really key for the newcomers. That is a great resource. The resource is it's everything you need to know about water, what to plant, when to plant it, how to pick, um, pick plants that are low water usage the it just goes on and on how to take care of grass so one thing that gets overlooked so many times is electric savings is water savings all of our electricity (laughs) uses a ton of water to generate uh, whether it's the hydropower or what they use on the cooling stations doesn't matter if it's coal or uh nuclear you know there are even uh even some of the natural gas stations uh, you know they they require water, so any any type of electrical savings is water savings. In a big way, in a really big way. <laughs> so I've said for a long time, if everyone just in Maricopa County could cut ten percent off their water consumption, and you're going to do that primarily by focusing outside, because seventy percent of your water bill every single month is what you're using 
outside the home in your landscaping, generally speaking. And Romy, you covered a couple weeks ago rain harvesting, which is also another, great, another great way to, to save and, and reuse water. So if anybody's interested in that, go back to that podcast that was a couple weeks ago. That would have been the fourth Saturday in June, I think, or the That's fourth correct. Saturday yeah. in May. That was with a Farmer Greg. And one of the points that was made in that podcast, you know, there was a time that – even we, us, me, that, that don't waste your time and money on rain harvesting. We don't get enough in the desert. Well, a lot different situation now. I, there, I don't think there's any measurement or method that shouldn't be utilized it's a, in, our, in our power to do. So precious, yep. Mr. Lancaster converted me. I promise you that. That, that, that was a great segment and how, how much he educated us on it's not just taking the water off your roof and putting it in a barrel and storing it. It's managing every drop of water that falls on your property and directing it and strategically placing it and channeling it and storing it. Dude, that, that was a great segment. And he was local right out of here in Tucson, so it's not like we're getting advice from somebody That's who's right. not right here living in our uh, environment. And, and I'll say this. I've already gotten three containers of condensate from my AC. Oh, yeah. And my tree is loving every every drop of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and we haven't even got the high humidity yet. Not yet. Uh, that air con- That air conditioner is going to be producing about 7 to 10 gallons a day. When we go over 30, 40, 50 percent, that's a couple hundred gallons a month. Yeah. Is that lot. water good for free water? Plant, uh, plants yeah, and animals. Absolutely. There's nothing in that that would hurt no, you. No, no. It's it's like it's like distilled water. It's great. As long as you keep your air conditioner somewhat clean, <laughs> your <laughs> coils. But no, it's it that is another great resource. We've been harvesting our condensate for for years, and I was actually challenged by a, a listener. Said, Rose, there's no way. You're generating 15 to 20 gallons a day. I said, oh, I'll, I'll drop a five-gallon bucket off at your house, and we'll just start measuring it. And he apologized and wrote me back a formal letter that said, you are absolutely correct. I could never believe you could get to 20 gallons a day, one drop at a time. But in 30 or 40% humidity, that thing's running in the middle afternoon. It's almost a constant stream. So just one more place to find a way you might be able to save that 10% on your water consumption. Sanderson Ford. That's right. Arizona is Ford country. It's Sanderson Ford country. And Ford Motor Company has made an incredible announcement. They had a special going for the July 4th Independence Day sale that they are going to extend now for the entire month. It is 0% interest on select vehicles. You can't beat that. So you get to Sanderson Ford, the most award-winning dealership in America, and I don't know the current state, but I know when we talked to Max, uh, they're expecting product in. A lot of dealers aren't, but they they are. They got the vehicles coming in. And I was surprised when I was talking to the team over at Sanderson Ford. I asked them, I said, how, how many cars are y'all marketing? Uh, I, I still want to drive it. I still want to smell it. I still want to take it around the block before I sign on the dotted line. 
And they they told me that in some months, upwards of 50% of the cars they sell are people that have never been to the lot. They went to SandersonFord.com, <laughs> and they shopped online. They got approved online, and the vehicle got delivered to their house. I'm a little too old-fashioned for that. <laughs> I don't blame you. I, I want to stick my head in that new car, and I want to sit in the seat, and I want to go around the block. That's for sure. Well, they make either option available at Sanderson Ford with no hassle, no pressure. You don't have to worry about showing up on a lot and getting uh, shaked down and uh, pressured into buying or making a decision that day. But if there's a vehicle there that fits your your budget, yeah, they can help you close on it and drive home in something brand new. A lot. They, they were telling me, Rosie, a lot of people will go online and they'll pick a model, they'll pick a color, they'll pick one that we've got here in inventory. And all they do is call us and say, could you have that ready for me to come over and test drive? He says, so it works every way, every which way you want. If you're shopping for a vehicle... Shop for Ford and shop at Sanderson Ford. And welcome back to Rosie on the House. We're working our way through the 10 o'clock hour. It promises to be a really hot day today, so I hope you're getting, <laughs> hope you're going to have plans to stay cool. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit today uh, about generators, whole house generators. That's our DIY topic of the week. And just um, this time of year is kind of when the topic comes up, maybe anticipation of monsoon storms, uh, maybe interruption in your service. So how do you feel about those generators, Rosie? Well, you know, uh, it's not like our. we just recently finished a, a trip through Louisiana, uh, Jennifer and I, and um, gen- generators are, are pretty common back there. Uh, and they're all mounted up by the roof <laughs> uh, on giant above sca- flood on, level. On, on above flood level uh, on scaffold stands. Um, architecturally, it doesn't say much for the house, but you put it around the back and you live with it. Uh, because when you're out of power there, you're out of power for days and days and days. So here in Arizona, we've got the monsoon, which is probably the most regularly occurring event that causes power outages. So what are you going to do about it? Well, there's a lot of different options, and our weekly to-do talks about those different options. You know, uh, This is a to-do you will eventually need a contractor for to hook up the electrical work and to the panel and uh, all the technical setup there. But uh, there's there's more than one option. Yeah, I mean, you could just you could just go pick up a little five or seven thousand watt portable. You know, and have some extra gas at the house. It gets you through a few hours. Won't run the air conditioner, but it'll keep the freezer from falling out. And Which give is you, and give you a room fan. The first thing we do <laughs> if we lose that power, we duct duct tape the freezer closed, and no and one's allowed it. Hook up the the little power generator. You know, the the crank start just to make sure we don't lose uh, lose our meat. Can, can I interject something here? If you're going to do that, make sure the generator's outside. Amen. Oh, yes. okay. Oh, there's not a, a summer that goes by we hear about carbon monoxide uh, issue. But anyway. That's so, true. Yeah. And what about using gas it's, for those kind? Well, if you're a dual energy home, you, you can actually go to the expense of having the gas, the natural gas generator mounted uh, on a trigger switch that a minute the power goes down, the generator starts. But that that really does require some uh, uh, the, the licensed electrician to take care of it. Because when the power does go down, the power company 
shuts the switch off to that neighborhood. And they've got to know the technicians they're sending in to get those lines back up and operating aren't going to be tagged by electricity. You're back feeding into the system. So those generators that are set up that way have to have a, like, let me just call it a one-way valve on it. They cannot pump juice back in to the grid. So it's it's... And- it's, it's something an electrician needs to do, but it certainly is a great concept. And there's two ways to do that. One, if you're in an all-electric house, then you get a propane tank yep. delivered. You know, you see them up above ground or have it buried to hide it. Um, either way is fine. That gas then powers a generator. And I think uh, Fox Valley Electric and Solar, they really like the Kohler one. And that's the one that yep. they pref- preferably install when it, they can. The other way you can do that is if you're already on a multi-energy home. Let's say you've got Southwest Gas or SRP. Uh, a lot of those properties are gas and electric. Your appliances you can have as both electric or gas. So if the electricity goes down, it could still run on gas being pumped to the appliance itself. So there's a couple different ways you can manage that, uh, just depending on, on your home setup. So generators are, are this time of year, uh, a question we get a lot. And it is generally because of the weather and the monsoon and the power outages and surges it causes throughout the great state of Arizona. So there's a couple ways to skin that cat. Uh, but if, if you're going to go a portable and just plug a couple appliances in, that thing needs to be sitting in the backyard outside. If you're going to go with something wired to your service electric panel, have an electrician, licensed electrician do it. There's rules, very strict rules on how that must be installed for the protection of the utility company employees that are trying to restore the power to your house. You know, the other issue that comes up. And one more point on the portable handheld gas generators. There are, and I think just about every generator brand probably has these, but you can get a piggybacking generator. So if you need more power, you can bring another one and plug it into it. So now that you've got the two running together. Just if you're investing in one, do that, and then that way you don't have to worry about carrying this mega (laughs) massive generator that most people can't even pick up. And a lot of times they come on wheels, they're huge, and they're clunky. Those piggybacking ones, you can pick up one in each hand, and then you can store them in very small spaces. Uh, Just for fun, I just bought a generator not too long ago that's dual energy. It can run off propane, natural gas, or gasoline. And I thought this would be great to have just – just for fun. But it is. It, Jennifer does have a hard time picking it up in the back of the pickup truck. <laughs> it, it is, it's a little it, much for me. It's about 270 pounds. <laughs> but anyway, the other thing that comes up a lot during monsoon season is, is, is flooding. Uh, and this may be news to those of you that are new to Arizona and haven't seen it. But in the monsoon season, uh, we've unfortunately had... Uh, too many casualties by people, uh, newcomers, uh, that see just a little bit of stream of water, what they perceive as a little bit of stream of water going through the wash over the, the pavement of the, of the road, and they opt to try and go through it. 
will know this. Uh, so many newcomers tried that and caused emergency response <laughs> in situations that uh, the, the legislature in the state of Arizona uh, finally passed a stupid motorist law. And so if you're going to risk your life and the passengers in your car's life in driving across water flooded on the road. Know this, whatever it costs to come out and save and rescue you, you're going to be liable for that. So don't underestimate it. It only takes six inches of running water over the drive, over the highway to, to move a car off course, much less for a motorcycle. So please be careful. And, and sometimes you don't anticipate it but there may be rain like maybe right now it's the sun's out but up north it might be raining and the water will come down in a flash flood it will so that is it can end up really badly be careful when you're landscaping your house uh you 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 you're you're thinking well i'm gonna put a mound over here i'm gonna put a tree over here i'm gonna put a little sitting area over here whatever you do to the landscape is going to impact your surface drainage. And in Arizona, we like all the rain that falls out of the sky onto your property to stay on your property. We don't want to divert it through a landscaping scheme that dumps it onto your neighbor's yard or out in the street. It's one of the ways we try and manage our storm water systems is not have everybody draining the rain off their driveways, off their yards, off their back patios, onto, into the storm uh, <laughs> drain system. So surface drainage is a big issue as it relates to monsoons. And folks, we were talking about saving water. If you get a monsoon two, three days during the week, know this, for that week, you can turn your irrigation system off. And you should. <laughs> that, that, rainwater, that rainwater is much more plant nutritious than anything the municipal company could be sending you. So it's, you, it, you, it doesn't need as much of that nitrogen-charged rain. And when it gets it, let it soak it in for sure. Welcome back to the final segment of Rosie on the House. Hope you're having a great Saturday morning. We've been talking about all kinds of things this morning, and one of the things we're all passionate about is water. Um, and you were talking, Rosie, about surface water and keeping water on your own property. Um, in the context of rain harvesting, um, you can create dips and yeah. landscaping that would retain water, and then you can put things that grow close to those retainage things. And it really works well for, for everybody keeping that water on. But one thing that Water Use It Wisely points out is how important it is to keep um, your water on your property because of pe pesticides, um, fertilizers, anything that you might be using on your lawn or your gravel or whatever. You don't want that to, to be washed away into the city water or um, into the rivers or streams or whatever. So it's important that you have that landscape designed to hold your water. One one more reason. Just, just think about it. If it falls from the sky, you want it to stay on your property. You want your neighbors to stay on their property. And that's the way we make a good neighborhood. And one final wrap-up on the home generation that we didn't touch on is, is batteries are becoming really popular, especially with solar installs. Uh, so you would, if 
you would lose power, then the batteries would just power, your, you know, however much of your home you've programmed to it. If you've got X amount of batteries, you can power these things and set your priority listings. If you've got huge banks of uh, battery powers and it runs your air conditioning in your whole home, well, that's just, you know, based on the investment you have. But a lot, a lot of additional things... Uh, that weren't available when we started construction that are available to alternate power generation. Oh, those 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 batteries are certainly the quietest gener- <laughs> generator you could get. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. So Arizona's home to 11 Frank Lloyd Wright structures, and we posted a video earlier this week to the one that's currently on the market, the Norman Lakes Circular Sun House. That's a cool house. If uh, it uh, sits on an uh, acre and a third. That's a cool house. You got $8 million burning in your pocket. You could own a piece of <laughs> Arizona history. And uh, I, I, don't, I didn't see anything that said this was a historic building, but it's got to be on the historic registry. If it's not, that's just somebody not feeling out the paperwork, but that Architectural Digest did a 10-minute YouTube video, and that's what we posted. You can find it on our Facebook or Twitter accounts, and it is so much fun to watch. I've watched it multiple times, and as they go through all the different architectural features, you can just see how simple so many of his designs are, but so unique. Uh, I, I don't know why more of his work wasn't followed, and it wasn't like uh, he was a high-end material guy either. That was one thing that he did I, I couldn't do is, you know, he'd find an old piece of plywood and he'd make it work. He'd, you know, repurpose this, repurpose that. Oh. He was kind of a, uh, a reorganizer of junk in a source <laughs> <laughs> to, to put these, his architecture pieces together. But like the hallway, when you walk down the hallway, the whole one side is just multiple uh cabinets for closet and storage you know how many hallways do you see are multi-purpose to that and then the office room on the very top of the house on the second floor that's above the kitchen all the windows are designed to be at eye length out of the chair and they're half circles and then out of the bottom underneath in the kitchen it's a half circle inverted looking out over the pool Mm. it's a cool house it it is phenomenal, and the woodwork that they've done in it has kept it. Uh, a lot of it's all the natural original, uh, the hidden doors into the bathroom, uh, the hidden wet bar in the library, uh, the media room. It's it's a really really cool, and then a very unique patio off of the master that gives you like a two hundred and seventy degree view, uh, looking south onto Phoenix. It's it's a lot of fun. It. Like I said, you look at that and you just think, well, I I don't know why more of his features and his natural designs didn't catch on more. Was it just laziness? Is it too easy to do a a square building than these round structures he has and the different uh, elevations? I don't know. It, it, It may be that there's just a lot of complication and genius in simplicity. Uh, I think that has a lot to do with it. When you talk about him using building materials, I mean, basically built Taliesin with, with what he could dig up out of the ground and put it together. I mean, Taliesin standing for as long as it has. 1937 was when it was built. There's hardly a foundation under any of those buildings at all. That's just a... Oh, uh, I guess we, we should point out, too, if fabulous. you're new to Arizona and you haven't seen Taliesin West, you've got to see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's open to the public. Go mm-hmm. take a look at it. For Definitely. Sure. 
Hey, other places to go see that we try and make available to you at Rosie on the House is what we call the Arizona Staycation. And we send you to different various locations. All you have to do is go to our website, rosieonthehouse.com, and register. We give away a a, a three-day giveaway every single month to some corner in Arizona. And we draw the 15th of every month. And this month, get your name in because the winner gets to go to Hannigan Meadows. And if you're not aware of Hannigan Meadows, it is charming. It is at 9,000 feet. It's surrounded by the um, alpines of the Apache Sitgraves, uh, Sitgraves National Forest. It has 400 species of wildlife. It is quiet. It's far enough from all city life that you really do have the place to yourself. The, the alpine meadows are lovely, and it's uh, rumored to be part of the Spanish Trail by Coronado. So, yeah. so uh, great place to hang out, and just especially if you love outdoors, mountain bike. Hiking, hiking now, in the summer, camping in the winter, skiing and playing in the snow. Somebody at Rosie on the House needs to get fired because when we started this vacation, <laughs> I said, we're never going to send people to my favorite places. Well, and Susan, our, our my writer, favorite places need to stay secret. Our staff writer has started creating an article to go with our, our winning places. And this is just really a, a wonderful place. Get your name in the hat. Highway 191, it parallels the Arizona-New Mexico border just about 10 miles into Arizona. It's absolutely one of the most beautiful drives, locations, scenes in all of Arizona. And it is at seven, eight, nine thousand feet. It's absolutely gorgeous. The aspen trees are coming back from the horrible wall of fire, largest fire in Arizona history. The first tree that comes back after something like that is the aspen. So it's coming back so thick in many places you can't, you and or your dog that you hike with can't even make your way across a field. It is that thick. So it's absolutely beautiful. There are unfortunately still large wafts and acres of standing black toothpicks. Be careful when you're going through the area. Uh, I'm actually aware of a couple guys that were out hunting and camping, and when they came back, one of those deadfalls had actually fallen right across their truck. Wow. Oh, well, at least so, they weren't in it. <laughs> at least they weren't in it. So you have to, so be careful when you're in that area for that given reason. But Hannigan Meadow, that is our staycation winner for this month. We'll be drawing July 15th. That would be one you'd want to get in for. You get a car from Sanderson Ford. We give you a gas card. The trip is absolutely no expense to you. It's courtesy of Rosie on the House and Sanderson Ford. Take advantage of it. Go to rosieonthehouse.com and get registered. So with all that said, I hope we did what we try to do every single week this last show and become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. If you've got a newcomer to Arizona, make sure they know about Rosie on the House.